I wouldn't leave it for nothing, only a crazy man would. So if you catch me in your city, somewhere out in your hood, just say, Smile for me, girl. What you looking at? Come on. Let me see your grill. And let you see my butt. Yeah, your Welcome back. You were listening to another episode of the Keep the Change podcast. Mikey's in the studio, a very important one. And mate, one thing I wanted to see this week was Adrian or smile and get his grill out. <laughs> but like, fuck, that was happening. Nah, man. Oh, baby. Instead, he was getting grilled. Yeah, it was an interesting OCR meeting, eh? I, yeah. Uh, at 2 p.m., they announced the 50 basis point rise from 4.25 to 4.75. They released the monetary policy, policy statement, which I dig into. It's quite a, I don't know how many pages it is, but you got to try and read that and then get ready for the media scrum at 3 p.m. So Shit. it was a full-on two hours for me, mate. Yeah, did you block all calls? and uh, Pretty much, yeah. yeah no I, I lock those out. I find like it's pretty important for me. People like to hear what I think about it. Yeah. Um, so I find it important for me to be up to date on that. That's probably the only news I do. I like that. Um, and then you wrote something and sent it out to your clients, right? Mm. Uh, and I like that you've gotten into that habit or process of, okay, I'm going to translate this into what this actually means. Yeah. Uh, and get it out because I'm sure your clients appreciate that. Yeah, I get lots of, um, I have a very high open rate on average for a mailing list. Um, yep. It's over 50% a lot of the time, which is great. Wow. And I think average is like 25 to 30 for. Company, yeah, probably company, like 20. Yeah. Company email stuff, so that's good. And um, I get lots of replies every time I do it saying thank you, so yeah, it works. And do people ask questions and stuff, or they, they usually get what you're talking about? Yep. Yeah, that's cool. Yep, I um, I guess sometimes people can get a new join and they're like, holy shit, <laughs> what's this guy on about? Yep. Um, but they get up to scratch pretty quickly. I do my best to try and translate it into like really simple terms and just talk about basic stuff. These people probably got a mortgage and now they're like, fucking hell, man, This I just wanted a mortgage. You're trying to give me an economics yeah. degree. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like it. Well, there were a few talking points and I've got a clip here, mate, and I thought we might dive into some of the things that uh, Adrian up the creek without an oar had to say. Because <laughs> <laughs> it certainly feels like the... Poor bloke. Uh, as we've mentioned, I guess a few times now, is uh, you know has been backed into a corner mm. a little bit. And as a nation, I think we're slowly getting further and further into that corner. Mm. So let's dig into a uh, bit of this. But Adrian Orr says his rate increase has already been priced into mortgage rates by the banks. And laying the smack down, he says banks aren't playing ball on savings. What we are calling out across the banks is they have been very quick to increase their mortgage lending rates, but deposit rates have lagged behind and bank margins are holding up. The increase to comp- So just before we get into that, mate, I just brought tens of thousands of dollars worth of term deposits mm. uh, last week yep. leading into this. And now Adrian's like, lift those term deposit rates. So I've probably, for a change, brought at the uh, top of the market, basically, <laughs> where, where now the rates will all be increased and I'll be like, fuck, why did I buy in it that, that week? But hey, anyway, so basically what uh, what they're saying there is that these these rate increases, OCR's already priced in. So he's kind of saying this isn't a big deal, this OCR going up, is how yeah, I interpreted yeah. it. Like basically, um, the, the banks had already decided that it was going to do this and that it was all into the rates already and we were seeing it across the curve. So, yeah, I um, I, I reckon the the biggest talking point, because I always like to wait a couple of days to see what happens with rates just in case, and nothing's happened. Really? Um, they're all the same, so he's right, basically. Um, but what? he's like... He's like screaming at us to save. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I like, see Rabobank might have increased their uh, deposit rate. That was about the only kind of movement I've seen. Yeah, so like he actually was asking the people to save too. Like he said that, if, uh, talked about that a few times. And then he's saying to the banks, please raise your term deposit rate so it encourages people to save. Yeah. Um, For those that don't understand, so what they're trying to do is they're trying to say, so increase interest rates, it hurts mortgage borrowers because they've got to spend more on their mortgage and therefore they've got less money to go and buy lattes and the like and hopefully we decrease inflation but also encourages people to take their money 
uh, and put it into deposits locked away into banks so then again you're not spending it and it's it's yeah. out of the economy. Get a good enough return on your money to mm. entice you into not spending it and saving it, right? And it definitely works because if I dial back, you know, a year, two years ago when I had excess cash, I was thinking of ways to invest it into my business, mm. uh, buy stocks and stuff because the rate, the interest rate was so small. I'm like, well, there's just no point in having it in the bank and now I am revisiting mm. you know, saving. Yeah, when you look around at the share markets and shit like that and the volatility and the return over the last year down 25% or whatever, you're like, damn, like a 5% term deposit rate looks mean. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's secure and safe and guaranteed almost. So, yeah, that's that's what they're trying to do there. Um, he, he brushed over quite a bit of the cyclone. Yep. Oh, there's now, actually, I think there might be a piece here. I... Uh, to combat the cost of living crisis, the cyclone compounding it. Food prices are predicted to keep rising, along with any goods that need replacing because of flood damage. Used cars, I guess, would be an obvious example. Uh, appliances that have been in water and subsequently destroyed. Uh, furniture, furnishings, carpet, that, that sort of stuff. We're expecting to see price hikes uh, in that over the coming weeks and months. Warning companies, now is not the time to try and make a quick buck. Do not use... So turn well, price spikes as an excuse for starting putting up the price of everything everywhere. Yeah, um, that would be called profiteering. It's all a bit great. Oh, fuck me! This is I the just, bit where we're in the corner. This is the part where I just um, okay. So like, if we look back at the previous meeting, November. Yep, <clears throat> and then the inflation announcement numbers. <coughs> sorry, in January, um, it was very hawkish saying we're going to drive. It into a recession, basically. We'll, we're going to keep going until a 5.5 OCR, blah, blah, blah. Then the inflation numbers came out in January and they were above expectations. They were down from 7.3 to 7.2, but they were up on what the forecast was. And the core inflation was still above what the forecast was by the Reserve Bank, which is no good. Now they're saying the cyclone damage is inflationary, right? And to unpack what is happening here, you just have to think of supply and demand. So in Auckland, there's 5,000 people who have just got flush with insurance cash to go buy a new car. So in literally in three weeks, it's happened, right? So do you think that there were 5,000 more cars added to car yards in a day? Hells no. So Right, so the supply amount is the same but we've got a massive spike in demand overnight. So can you see car dealers not taking advantage of this and when they've, got, when they've just had probably a hard few months mm. and, then a hot, and then five people come along to try and buy one car, what do you reckon they're doing to do with the price? Could I see car dealers not taking advantage of people? Oh, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> so the price is going to go up, right? Yeah. So whatever was a $12,000 car is going to be fifteen grand because he knows he can sell it. And car dealers are normally incentivized by a thing called commission, aren't they? Yeah, they can, yeah. Yep. So, yeah, they can be. They're going to want to crank some deals. And this is just a small example of what can happen across a few sectors. You know, there's, I don't know how many homes have been lost in Napier and Hawke's Bay and all in that region, but fuck me, those photos look devastating. Yeah, I watched a video of a plane flying over different areas. And My just, God. Yeah. Like, and if you, I was just looking at it being like, obviously it's fucking horrible for the people. I don't think we've got a body tally yet. Like, it sounds like there's over a thousand. No, it's not. Nah, nah, nah. Oh, you probably missed. So we're down to like 23 people that don't know where they are. Oh, we've found all those for. people. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it, I, should, it, I should watch the news more, right? Eh? Well, yeah, <laughs> even I, it went from thousands and I was freaking out like, holy fuck, this is going to be bad. To yeah, then yeah. the other day I see like 23 people unaccounted for. I'm like, oh, jeez, okay. okay. Like, I mean, still, good, every life lost still is... still horrible. Yeah. So I was looking at it and I was like, okay, those are, that's an orchard, that's a farm, that's gone. Just like miles and miles of agriculture fucked. Yeah. People's houses, cars again, um... So that's where those are providers to our supermarkets of food. So if you wipe out, I don't know, 20% of the country's vegetables in a week, what do you reckon, looking at the car dealer thing, Mm. what do you reckon will happen to the price of vegetables? Man, I brought two packets of raspberries, two packets of strawberries, and two packets of blueberries the other day and had to part with fucking 40 something dollars. Yeah, it's probably because they had to come from Europe. 
Yeah. <laughs> hey, Dan, the we raspberries we, are good. I'll give you the yeah, tip. Yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, like, this... Price is going up. Yeah, we've had... Uh, over the last couple of years, we introduced a whole lot of money into the system, which created demand because there's excess cash, right? And that was inflationary. Now, even though demand might be subdued because the economy is getting tighter and stuff like that, now you've basically just crushed the, the supply. So if you wipe 20% of, of stock out of any market, that's the similar thing to printing the money because you're going to have this, this pressure on price. There's, Like I always say, there's the same amount of people chasing the mm. same amount of goods. Now it's less goods. So yeah. what happens, you know? Um, so I think what happens is I just don't see people going like, yeah, all right, Adrian, that's cool. I, be- I believe you. Um, inflation is expectations are at all-time highs still, and we're not going to put our prices up. You're right. Yeah, he's basically asking people, don't deliberately put your prices up and take advantage of this situation, right? Yeah, the that- economist and and him, him um, I've got it noted down here, ask that people don't use this to increase wages and prices, otherwise it will remain entrenched in the CPI. And he's saying that we're going to look through it with the OCR, um, and we're asking you to as well. Um, but yeah, it's supply and demand, man. Like people, people don't even know what the OCR is. They're just like, oh, someone's paying me more for my fucking onions now. Plot twist: maybe this language is the start of introducing price caps and price ceilings. Jesus, you can grab a hole there, boy. Sorry, mate. Oh, Sorry. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Like, so what? What happens? Just very briefly for the people out there, is that we say. No, 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 you can't charge X amount for those onions. They can only be charged at this price. And we put a, a cap mm. on what that can there be charged There would be nothing at. more devastating for a, a multi-generational landowner that, landowner that builds, like, that sells onions, grows and sells onions, and the government comes along and says, right, you can get back up and running, but you're only allowed to sell them at a cent an onion. Mm. They'd just be fucked. Watch this space. Yeah, I know, fuck. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's where that language is heading. Um... So yeah, what they're saying, and I think it was, there was a bit of fear. Definitely, man, I can feel it, eh? Yeah, there was a bit of fear in the presentation and the media scrum, and they kept talking about it, and the media kept asking as well, like, what will this do? And and they said, you know, it's too early to tell, and I think, to be honest, to be fair to the Reserve Bank, like, fuck, it's pretty hard to gather what they think is going to happen when we haven't even found all the people yet, mm. Um but basically, they said, um, for anyone who's out there, like probably a GDP bump of 1% over the next two years, spread out because of all the construction costs that's going to go on, the rebuild and the farming yeah. and the cleanup and blah, blah, blah. Um, that's economic activity, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but they also think that that will equate to a 0.3% add-on to CPI. Sheesh. So and they'll, they'll fuck that up. They'll be too low. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So that's probably 1.3%. But yeah. this isn't inflationary right now, I don't think. Mm. I reckon it's next year yeah. when like the, the Sultan shit has been cleared away. And I guess... If anything, at the moment, we've probably got decreased economic activity because people can't do as much work and there's things sure. like, like that, People right? are worried about safety and finding their families and pets and stuff right now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting one. I just... It, the theme was, though, that they're worried about it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's been, um, he, he also said that we're going to reach a 5.5 OCR this year. Oh, okay. So they're going. Well, I I thought they were soft, not putting the OCR up to 0.75. Same. Like that's but you also thought at the start they should have just jacked it by a handy from the get-go. True. <laughs> I'm like, where's the 1.5 rate increases? Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> they're going like softly, slowly, but... They know that really they need to just keep going and go hard. But and they started saying, Are we gonna go hard and we're gonna go early by by fucking increasing by like point two five and point five right at the start? So like, well, hang on. So I think this is like the eighth or tenth increase in a row or something, and we're nowhere near the top yet because we're still at four point seven five, right? And we're saying, Well, we're gonna get to five point five. Yeah. Can yeah. they get there? <laughs> the man, like the tightrope that is being walked is and I keep this is the biggest um sort of gap that doesn't work properly is the fact that uh, like business confidence is extremely low, lowest of all, you know, 50 years or whatever since the data was recorded. Everyone is expecting shit. 
But then also the expectation of inflation, which is increasing in prices, is still really high. Yeah. So I don't know how we match this up. Like, if you think business is going to turn to shit, but you also think you're going to raise your prices, I don't know how you do that. And that yeah. is a problem for the Reserve Bank. Um, you know, we've got a, a, a I guess it's a, a low rate wage price spiral happening at the moment where wages just keep going and prices keep going and it gets passed on and then back through and um, they're, the Reserve Bank mentioned that and he's like, we don't want that to happen. Stop um, increasing people's yeah, wages. Yeah. yeah, and you know, something like the cyclone, we're going to need to move resources there and put humans down there who want to do the work, mm. but we don't have them. They're Everyone's already, already employed. In. Yeah, we're at full employment effectively. If basically it's tapped out, so like d- we have to figure out how to either import those people. Is that what you call import? Yeah, yeah, I guess That's so. Probably well, like, not. Yeah, yeah, import people. Yep, immigration. Um, we have to people do that. volunteer. People work overtime extra. Yeah, yeah. Second uh, people. Yeah, yeah. But like, we can't get them from here because everyone's gainfully employed and getting pay increases. Mm. So and we have this people constraint. People are scared to move too because they're worried. People are scared to move roles at the moment because they're, and that's what we're hearing in the HR type space. People are like, oh, a lot of uncertainty out there. I might just stick, stay in my job that I've got, mm. especially because I got uh, way more debt than I can actually afford to service. So I need to keep this job for that. <laughs> yeah. You know, the old Kiwi <laughs> trap that we won't talk about. Sorry. So there's a few of these issues going on, eh? And you could tell him he was talking about them and he was just like, the risk of inflation is still to the upside. Yeah. And, you know, if you think about when we were talking in January about the inflation announcement, all of the economists and everyone were fucking celebrating. Yeah. Remember oh, they were yeah. like, yeah, it's, it's, going da- down. it's going down. We've oh, hit the peak. Yeah, it's down by 0.1%. Yeah. Fucking cheers. Where's yeah. my Moet bottle, mate? <laughs> and then now Adrian stood up and said, you know, like we still envisage inflation risk to the upside. Yeah. Which, like you and me have been saying, be careful because this could be stickier than you think. And shit, man, looks and like it is. Yeah. We're standing on fucking chewing gum everywhere at the moment. <laughs> sticking and sticking. Um, here's an interesting thing for you, mate. So client who sort of works in the events type space, uh, cyclone happens, mm-hmm. phone call, hey, um, that, that May event that we're doing, not, not doing it. Think it's a bad look, um, you know, and it's around bringing people together. Just, just think it's a dangerous and a bad look in May. February, so March, April, May, three months away, 90 days away. Knee-jerk reaction, better been that event. Phone call the next week, hey, just needed to let you know that June event that we've got you locked in for and to come along to, we're going to scrap it. March, April, May, June. A third of a year away. Nah, we're going we're to get rid of it. it's not a good look. Yeah, like literally these are the, uh, the reasons about to take excuses. But I'm, so the client's saying to me, what's all that about? And I'm, I'm thinking, well, it's either like knee-jerk where um, we're like heightened at fear and stuff, so then we make silly decisions quickly. Yeah. Or secondly... It's let's not waste a crisis. This is a good reason to be able to to pull back on this. Mm. And then this person as well is like my revenue January February is is substantially down, and they rely heavily on getting out around the country, going to events, and doing different things. Mm. And they're like, is this a blip in the radar, or like the year does look busy-ish, but nowhere near as busy as it has been previously. But it just shows you that when these major things happen too people go back into contraction mode of like, oh, let's make this wild, like let's, like how is that even correlated? Uh, An event uh, that's basically built around like helping people and building them up and stuff, they're like, let's get rid of that. Mm. We we can't be doing that, it's a a bad look. Yeah, 100%. I mean, you see it, um, like we had it here in like in March 2020 when the lockdowns happened and you're starting to see it over in the States. It's like uh, the CEOs of these giant corporations and stuff um, have a short list of the people that they want to get rid of and they're just waiting for the excuse. Mm-hmm. And then lockdowns happen and they're like, oh, cool. Dump 20%, see you later. Yeah. And then one starts, it's on the front page of the Herald or or Google when you search it up and then everyone's like, bang, 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 bang. Oh, right. Shit. In America, there's hundreds of thousands of people that have lost their jobs. Yeah. Because like the, the snowball just starts once it, once it becomes a, you know, there's a socially acceptable narrative behind it. <laughs> Yeah, it's a pretty good point. And I think as well what people probably don't understand is that there are like leadership groups as such. So 
they will be having behind-the-scenes conversations or even like out in the open conversations where they're talking to each other at a high level, like, what's going on? What are you seeing? Like, what strategy are you playing to? What mm-hmm. do you think about? And then they're all, you know, they're trying to figure out how to get through these difficult times. 100%. Yeah, they're just trying to find solutions to make sure the company stays alive and keeps going for as long as possible. Just like each of us are. Yep. Yeah. Right, back to our article, mate. And uh, yes, here's Grant Robertson. We will continue to support New Zealanders with the pressure that's on the cost of living. One of those pressures is what they pay for their housing, be that as renters or be that as homeowners. So we're acutely aware of that. We've said it will be a priority in the budget, and it will be. But the other major priority... A priority in the budget to look after households in terms of what they're paying, interest and rent. Need the sound of that helicopter throwing cash around, eh? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I do. I I think he's just... I'm fucking sick of the government fucking bailing people out, though, eh? Unfortunately, sorry, but fuck. Like, this is what got us into this fucking problem. Yeah. Like... Don't have short memories, guys. Like, the reason that the price of everything is fucked up is because they printed a whole lot of cash and gave it to us. And said, go and do whatever you want with it. Like, I saw you sharing something that was like, oh, we're going to look at paying people's mortgages. Mm. Like, no. It's crazy. What the fuck? I know, man. I could, no. I, I it's not how it works. I slumped over on the couch and felt so tired. I had to go into a podcast uh, Thursday night watching that and was like, is this seriously where we're headed? And and forty percent of Kiwis that voted in that poll, I fucking hope they only interviewed like ten people or something. But forty percent were like, yeah, that they should do that. They should oh, subsidize. Fuck. <laughs> Honestly, like, if you're not paying for it with the own, your own money that you went out and productivity, use yeah. your own productivity and earned, it is creating inflation, which means the price of shit will go up. Mm. And one day the government won't be able to afford it either if we keep doing this shit. Well, I feel like that's where we are. Well, <laughs> fuck, it's just but, dumb. Like, you're just fucking the money system. But this is why last year and and when these G. Robertsons, et cetera, and whoever on national side, except they stand up and they go, you know, our debt to GDP compared to this country is only this. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, great, let's grab onto that. And it's like, yeah, but what have we got around the corner? Like, we don't know. Look at what happened in Turkey. Now look at what's happened in our own country. Mm. Oh, can't wait for 2022 to be done. 2023 will be different. February, whack. January, whack. All big, costly things going on that we haven't anticipated. And that's why, you know, you don't just use debt willy-nilly for the sake of it. Mm. You lean on it in times to, like, reinvest back into growth and things like that. Not just like, oh... This is pretty fucked. Let's just extend the runway of Mm -hmm. what's going on here. And people need to understand there's not a bottomless cache of money. It is either you paying as a taxpayer or the next generation of taxpayer paying. There's only two. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, oh, the government will subsidise us. It's literally... (laughs) The government doesn't have any fucking money. Yeah. It's yours (laughs) or the future generation. Yeah. And and that's where I just think, imagine an eight-year-old today that, that gets towards 60, mm. and we have to tell them, well, look, yeah, uh, an eight-year-old would probably have, like, a pretty crazy name these days, probably called, like, Aroha or something real, like, real lovey. Aroha, you're not going to feel the Aroha because you're not going to get your pension or your superannuation because uh, your generation had to help repay for the pandemic uh, and also... Uh, what happened in this natural disaster and probably this one and probably this one. Oh, and then we overspent over here trying to help and sort mental health. We spent $2 billion on that and didn't mm. really see any uh, any growth. But like, it's not it's not a lot of the older people that are going to be paying for this. Yeah, so Araha, even though you grew up with a 75% income tax rate, you've also, <laughs> you're also getting no pension because we fucking been that. Yeah, and because we had, yeah, we had to, well, look, something had to go. Yeah, it's, it's, we're getting ourselves into such a gnarly The only other thing that position. will happen over time is that our uh, notes get another zero added. Yeah. You won't even see it happen. It'll just be like, oh, how come the, like there's a $1,000 note now? See, if these journalists were smart enough as soon as that press conference ends, they stand straight up and they're like, first question. And they're like, Adrian, what's the big deal? You and Grant Robertson keep telling everyone that as a country, compared to other countries, our debt to GDP is real mint. Why are we here? Just fucking get some more debt, mate. Yeah. Like, there's nothing to worry no about. No one's got the balls to do that, though, eh? Yeah. And like, <laughs> and like well, well, why is it, well, there's no more questions. That's it. You already told, you were celebrating that last year. Janae, who's, uh, I think she used to be at interest and now is NZ Herald Business, she, I'm pretty sure she asked about um, 
borrowing and stuff and then Adrian went down this fucking you got it you got I, the, I let's play, play the clip I'll play it for you because <laughs> oh man how to pay for it with respect to the flood our view is that we should be borrowing that money or says no that's okay so uh, the blue team are saying let's borrow some cash yeah blue, pay for blue national are saying let's borrow some cash to repair it and then put it on the future generation yep so um, Aroha cheers yep <laughs> yep but their their like whole shtick all the time is We'll put it into productivity because that debt will be used to rebuild yeah, better. And, it and, and, all that, and, yeah. we, and then Red Team are also saying, like, build back better, which was like a slogan from fucking America. Yeah. <laughs> they just yeah. fucking ripped it off. Yeah. 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 And then here's uh, Mr. Uh, Upper Creek without an oar. <laughs> He'd prefer reprioritization of current spending and uh, revenue raising through other alternatives makes the job of monetary policy easier. Rightio, here we go. Let's unpack exactly what that means. That means, Luke, we'd like some more cash. Yeah. And that is what had me laying down on the couch being like, fuck! Like, I just had this little poor me moment for a bit because part of me knows just get on with it and just cop the taxes, but the other part of me is like, you fucking idiot, you wasted your 20s, yeah. pissing away all your cash with low taxes... You finally, you were like, I'm going to become a better person. I'm going to become oh. more valuable. I'm going to get into the top tax bracket. I'm going to fucking help more people than I've ever done before. I finally do it all, and they're like, whack, yeah. 39% tax. Every dollar above 180K, Lukey boy, here's 39% can come straight to us. And I'm like, oh, okay, I can make sense of that. We're going to use this money really wisely. And then they didn't. And now I'm like, fuck, 45, incoming Lukey. Over 200 or 250k oh, or something, it's dear. guaranteed, right? Yeah, 45% tax rates are coming, mate. I oh. mean, that is the Reserve Bank right there saying, please don't borrow the cash because that will be inflationary because borrowing creates new funds, right? It's new money into the system. So they're saying you either need to, he quickly said, you either need to redirect current funds that are already in accounts, which is basically the, the government's coffers based, you know, what we get taxed yep. all the time, or... You can increase taxes. So, I mean, this is... I just siphoned it. This is devastating news, mate. Well, it is because the other side of it... So, let's... Okay, well, fuck you. Cool story, Luke. You were in over 180K anyway, mate. Like, no one cares about you, mate. You must be minted. Like, yeah, okay, cool. But it is. it becomes demoralising to know, man, once you get past like that, that nearly half of your, your income... Is, is is gone, is, is off to, to pay tax. It fucks me up in the brain when I'm like, if you... In, it if, fucks me up in the brain. <laughs> if you are in a position where you've worked for 10 or whatever years and you've created something that provides a lot of value and you're able to start paying yourself a million dollars, that most of your income is taxed at 40%. Yeah, and this is where we see not people leave. Most, most, mm, not, most of not your like income. The, yeah, true. the 180 part's the small portion. yeah. You know, like that's the part you're not getting fucked on. It's imagine like over one eighty. So we just talked man. about a Fonterra CEO the other day. Like, imagine how much they're gonna just get absolutely ruined. Fifty percent, man. Like, it's fucking crazy. And those huh. those sorts of dudes, they've got international opportunities, and they go like, uh, you know, I'm trying to look after my family here. This is a role where I know that if I get this wrong, there's a high chance I don't get a role this good. Yeah. You know, maybe I I get uh, two million US in a tax rate that's a lot lower, and yeah. take that role rather than. Four million New Zealand, where I know that I'm going to lose forty five percent above two hundred k, because, you know, this is the funny thing where people that don't make that money right, they go fuck the rich. Exactly, you know, yeah. and and I've had those years, and I've sort of thought, oh yeah, cool, but then you you start to understand that uh, you you go well, it's only it only affects two to three percent of the population, and you think yeah, well fuck them, like I don't really know any of them. High chance you go uh, to Eden Park, you see hundreds of people, and only two or three of them are impacted by that. And you're like, oh well, you know, they're still buying beers and going to the rugby, they're not going to be impacted. But those are two to three percenters. Now, if you look at it that way, like they are in the top two to three percent in terms of adding value to the economy. Hundred percent. Yeah, instead of like, oh, well, fuck them, they're rich, they make a lot of money, they do a lot of shit, yeah. and in return they get paid it. And if you get to a point where people go, I don't know if I want to do this much shit anymore, like my brain defaulted to, I'm just going to spend more money that's business tax deductible to ensure I don't make as much profit so that I don't pay as much tax. But then I'm into a trap of paying, uh, spending a dollar to save 45% in tax, but but that starts to become a thing. I'm like, 100%. well, you know, maybe it's, um, you know, what one thought for me, for instance, I thought I'll probably write a book. 
I can't be fucked writing a book, but I'm always, like, not always, but getting people a little bit like, do you want to write a book? I looked into the cost of it, and I know I'm going to have to commit 20K to that and yeah. a fuck ton of time. Yeah. And then on my brain's like, well, I wonder if I could, ex- is a book an expense or is that an asset? So then I'm going to have to go look into the tax rules of that. Can I ram that 20K cost into March and just go, well, sweet, that's, uh, I was going to spend that anyway. I'll put it into the March year, the financial year ends, and then I'm not going to pay tax on that $20,000 spend. Mm. But I know that that's going to lose money. But anyway, you know, so your brain starts thinking about different things. But like I say before, people don't really care about... Taxes are penalties, man. Yeah. And Honestly, they are. And where it is important for everybody is that we're in a time where tax bracket creep is smashing every individual. So the government are collecting a billion dollars every single year extra than they should be because of bracket creep. So that's mm. taken out of the Kiwi and put into their bank account. But now people understand this and they're like, well, there has to be something going on at the election of this. You have a big cyclone and a big event like this that we've already backed ourselves into a corner of the amount of debt and stuff that we've got and we're going, fuck, we need new infrastructure as well. You go, hmm, sorry guys, like we probably can't fix that to the level that we were intending to 30 days ago mm. because you would all understand now what's going on around the country and hey we can look after this portion of people but we can't help out the wider and mm. I always say when I'd have dinner with my parents I'd say the middle class always get fucked 100% and they would be like what do you mean like no and I'm like <laughs> yes the average mongrel <laughs> The average mongrel in the street yeah. that's just trying to go about their life, have a good life, and, and buy the house and just fucking have the chill life that they want and stuff, they're the ones that get fucked. Every time. Every time. Yeah. And they've got to pay for it because their life's hard. Mm-hmm. They don't pay the bulk of the taxes, but a bulk of the cash that they collect never sees the light of day with them because they pay their tax straight away through a PAYE salary. They then pay their mortgage or their rent. They're left with like... 20 percent mm-hmm. and they live off this 20 percent thinking shit life is tough mm-hmm. shit this is brutal and, and a lot of them squeezed yeah so and now lot- they're getting squeezed with mortgage rates and they're getting squeezed with cost of living and they're about to get squeezed with higher tax higher tax higher inflation yeah i just yeah fuck i hope people well i don't fuck at the end of the day if i'm frustrated mate the yeah <laughs> everyone's gonna be and and where i get to in my head is i come back to i'm like fuck i know what this leads to more divide more frustration, civil unrest as such. People like, fuck the rich. Um, we should, you know, no, don't get rid of benefits. Get rid of working for families. No, don't get rid of working for families. Get rid of um, superannuation. No, don't build the cycle lane. Build this instead. And it all just goes How round and round. How about we get rid of the fucking government, man? <laughs> oh, okay. okay. <laughs> all of them? No, I just think um, Zero percent there's, a weird, there's a weird sense around, which I feel like it wasn't around when I was younger, but I also didn't care about that kind of shit there's a weird sense i get that people look to the government instead of their neighbor yeah that's a good way to look at it which is the wrong way man the governments Mm. never solve anything the free market solves everything you know like like kiwi number eight wire mentality like like we're the ones the 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 people who work and create and do stuff are the ones that fix solutions Mm. stop fucking asking the government like how come they never achieve anything and then you still be like, oh, that's the first port of call. Yeah. Like, it's good marketing that's basically done it because there's no evidence that they've... Like, man, at Christmas, when I was going up north, I was like, holy fuck, the roads are fucked. Yeah. Like, I was dodging potholes. And, you know, but there's been, like, about $60 trillion spent on putting fucking speed bumps in. But they can't fix the fucking holes in the roads that are breaking people's wheels and, you know, trucks are complaining about it. And mm. like, I don't understand. Like, so it just it's just more evidence that they aren't the solution finders. We are. Like the people, your neighbour, the person who lives next to you, the small business down the road, the mechanics, the plumbers, you know, the, the software developers. These are the people that get an economy and a market fixed and sorted, not the fucking finance minister. Yeah. So I don't know how to fix that, though. Like, I don't know how to change people's idea to be like, fuck my neighbour, Grant will sort it out. Yeah, I feel like what's happened a little bit is that when I grew up, I sort of learnt that the government is there as the last resort safety net. 
And we've they, kept using it though. Yeah, they can get you back on your feet, and that's what it's designed to do. So, at a micro level, we just had a, a money mail about a lady who has rebuilt her entire life after being going from reasonably well off to mm. to bones of her ass, two kids, solo mother, just regroups on the benefit for a couple of years, yep. safety net to support, and then right, got the foundations back in place. Let's build back better, as yep. we like to now say, and then goes and does that. And then adds value back in, and that's a great that benefits a great investment into somebody re uh, re energizing their life and, and going down that path. But then we have people that will go, "Oh, this is a system. I'm going to push it to its limits. If I just do this, I don't have to work. I will collect this benefit, and I will be better off than going to work because the costs are actually now lower. I can get my rent subsidized, and those people don't learn. Yeah, but." Other people are paying for that for you, and yeah. they don't care. And I feel like we've gotten to a point where people have forgotten that the government is there to put a safety net in place for a small percentage of people in every situation to help them mm. get out of it to then carry on back into the real world. Well, not the real world, but the world, and just carry on and, and figure it out for themselves. But mm. people have gone, oh, you know what? I might just stay here. And I might just sit here and see what happens. And this, like, it doesn't seem like there's any consequences. Mm. And that's happening across heaps of different shit. They're hoping to, like, 4 million people in the lockdowns. Even I took the wage subsidy at one point. Yeah. So, you know, like... 82% of people were receiving some form of government support. Yeah. And they're, like, proud of that. Yeah. I look back now and kind of regret taking it. Like, I wish I was just a bit harder and just dealt with it. Like, sold a car or something to get through. Whenever I had to pay so a bill. Sold to people that were locked in the house not driving. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> yeah, but you, you would have found someone yeah. by. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, like, I just, I don't know. It makes me hypocritical, but I'm like, we just have to stop doing this because it's getting worse. Yeah, it is. It's, we're not repairing it. We're making it worse. We keep, we're trending in the wrong direction and it has to be sorted. And, you know. Or we just have to take more, out medicine. More, like, you know, they're going to, if they're going to borrow more or tax more, they're also, if they're going to borrow more, that's, you know, remember we're borrowing at higher interest rates now. True. So it's going to be higher to repay, you know, when that mm. rolls over. So, yeah. I think... <sighs> I'll see what else we... was on that clip, mate, because we... Uh, really yeah. went on a fucking tangent there, didn't we? Unlike us. Oh, here's, here's a money printer. We'll see if we can hear that playing. Tax not off the table. We haven't ruled things out because we're still assessing the full extent of what we're doing. The opposition allergic to it. Why won't he rule out introducing a new tax? There are people whose homes, whose businesses have been completely devastated. We owe it to them to consider carefully both how much this is going to cost and how we pay for it. A huge question to answer before his May budget. Well, Jenna joins us now. I like uh, that, eh? you know, National pretty quick to be like, why won't you rule out introducing a tax? Because mm. they're basically saying, talking about here introducing a, a, a levy or a tax, and I think they did this over in Australia to help with the floods that they had in the Queensland state mm. over a couple of years. And National like, why won't you rule it out? And Grant Robertson it's just like, lady, fuck up, you know? Yeah. Look, look what's going on. Like, give us some time. And a lot of people would really resonate with both sides of that, right? And that's what makes politics yeah. so engaging think, for people. Like I said before, like it's even Adrian Orr said, like it's too early to. Yeah, yeah. Like we need we need assessment done, and that, and like I agree with Grant and or there because yeah. it's pretty fucking crazy what's happened. But that could be again. That could be there could be some sort of one-off levy. And so I think Phil was telling me yesterday that um, you raise you you increase a levy or you introduce a tax to everybody that's not impacted by the flood, and you. The people that are don't have to contribute. Mm. Yeah. So it's be interesting to see what they come it up with. It is going to be interesting, space. mate. I mean, just prepare yourselves for taxes. Yeah, exactly. You and know, like at the end of the day, we can complain and whinge about it all we want. We know it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. So dear. That, and that the sooner, it's kind of, I don't know, there's that um, the grief cycle or something. And, and the more you come to accept it, then you yeah. slowly get to move on. And so yeah. I had my little two minutes on the couch, but like, <laughs> far out. But this is a good example for younger people. Why, like, when things are good, like, don't waste them. Don't fuck around because... Squeeze the season. You say it all the time. Yeah. yeah. When you've got it good, yeah, squeeze it and get as much as you can out of it because it'll rain one day. Yeah, and, and that was, you know, 20-year-old Luke's like, I'll piss it up and I, I don't need to save. I'll make heaps of money in my life and stuff. And then I start doing that and it's like, bang, taxes, bang, taxes. And you're like, ooh, geez. 
you know, I probably should have been compounding at an earlier age, taking advantage of the season that we're in as an entire nation. Yeah, 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 yeah. And now we've got to pay the piper. Yeah, we don't do that. I just want to give one more shout out to Adrian Orr because he mentioned Adrian. something that um, I quite liked from him. And he said, I found it quite interesting. He mentioned that paper cash, as in notes, um, is really, really important. And he said, like, he kind of said, like, we're not trying to go cashless. It's like society, you know. We're all on PayWave and our mm. phones and all of this kind of shit. Um, but in times like this, it's very risky not to have cash available because if the people can't trade when, you know, between each other for goods and services when they're needed the most, um, that's when you can get pressure, you know, societal... <laughs> yeah, that we saw r- shit going on. of people fighting and doing this kind of looting stuff, right? And looting and so yeah. I think it's... that It was just a nice thing that I picked up on because I feel like we've been going down this cashless road for so long. It was kind of nice to hear him be like, it's too risky not to have cash available. And one of the things they did was check with all the banks with their ATMs yeah, and make sure it was there working people can get access to cash. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, it's a, a good reminder to, when these days when we talk about having cash, we think about having it in a bank account, but sometimes it's smart just to have a thousand bucks. Yeah, I think you know, um, if you, if you someone can. messaged me on Keep the Change, and I think I saw they shared you the same message about um, having an emergency fund and then being able to access the cash or something because it's fucked up. Mm. I can't remember, but yeah, basically it's a it's a mess down Hawke's Bay and the cash was important so people could continue to, to get the basics done, right? So yeah, yeah, I just thought that was interesting because it's the opposite of what I thought was happening with, you know, we talked about central bank digital currencies and all that kind of shit. Um, Some of the other things that come out of the meeting, mate, that I saw from November compared to February, they're saying, well, we're expecting rates to be higher for longer until they start coming down again. So they're basically just pushing out all their graphs. Same thing with inflation. We expect inflation to be higher for longer yep. and then come down later. And they also then said we expect house prices to be lower for longer yep. and then trend back up yep. later. Yep. So it was all ugly stuff for people who sit and hope that everything's, you know, we're going back to normal or that, you know, nah, everything's a few years, man. Mm. Yeah, like I think it should be clear to most people now that the 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 trend has changed. We had the craziness of 2020 and 2021 with, you know, the economy flush with cash and everything. Um, now it's about rebalancing, and it's it can't happen quickly. And they're finding out that it's harder than they originally thought. I went back and looked at the November 2021 monetary policy statement. 2021. Yeah, and they had the OCR forecast peaking out at 3.25. For when, like in t- just in time. Yeah, just like that was the peak over the next year or whatever, and then it was coming back down. There's a saying that I used to so. what, used to <laughs> used to roll out, mate, and I think I'll just bring it back out. They'll fuck it up on the way down. <laughs> They'll fuck it up on the way up. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's more to go. Um, but we've been telling people this for so long now, so this should not be a surprise to anyone except for new listeners. Yeah, I do think that, you know, something interesting is happening over in the in the States too, and their economy is red hot right now. <laughs> and, you know, we were all expecting the recession and blah, blah, blah. Um, and they have uh, insanely beautiful to watch financial market that I really enjoy. And um, basically the big money is starting to bet on the Federal Reserve raising rates this year to 6%. So previously yeah, like it was their like, OCR. Yeah, their version Sheesh. of it. And if they do that, our one's going there too. Yeah. Yeah. So um it's pretty interesting. We'll see what happens. But I just think when we get above five, the pressure on everything starts to become very real. Mm. Especially in the States. They've got so much debt. Hundred and thirty percent debt to GDP ratio, uh thirty one thirty two trillion government debt that they just have to keep raising the debt ceiling because they're they've got a government like ours that chooses to spend rather than than, you know, pay down debt. Yeah. Um and all of their debt repayment terms are coming due over the next twelve months and they're rolling off these rates of like point two five up to you know, if it's gonna be six, it's fucking carnage. Mm. Um and it'll be taxes or stop spending. So there'll be a whole lot of government job loss which we know probably isn't their first choice. They'll probably try and tax us first. Yeah. 
So that will change because eventually there'll be so much pressure from voters being like, stop raising our fucking taxes and not doing your job. Fire your people. That will change. We just haven't seen that yet right now. It's like, oh, let's look after everyone. Employment's good, blah, blah, blah. So that, that narrative will change probably in 12 months or so, but we'll see. And I just think, um, like, when they're saying that the OCR is going to peak at 5 to 5.5, I think just be prepared for it to go a little bit higher than that. The risk is to the upside. And don't forget that when a drop comes, they can do it fast. They did it fast into COVID. In 2008, floating rates went from 10 to 6 in seven months and then continued down to 4 or whatever over the next year. So when rates fall, they can happen quickly if they're trying to re-stimulate something. Um, so, yeah, I think the risk for now is to the upside, and they'll drop them fast if they have to. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think the only other thing that I want to take note of from the OCR announcement was that over the next 12 months, he didn't say, like, three months or whatever, he said over the next year, we expect the employment unemployment figure to rise from 3.4 or whatever it is to 5.5. So you're going to so know job, someone that will job lose their job. Job coming, yeah. Yeah. Um, and he just said, like, that's just it. That's the expectation. Yeah. So if the OCR is expected to be 5 to 5.5, and I think it's going to go to maybe 6, then the job number is going to 7.5. <laughs> mm. So you'll, yeah. you'll see it. Um, there's a whole lot of pressure coming on these mortgage rates in June, July, eh? so we're going to start noticing it more and more throughout this year couple of things mate John Key 2022 late 2022 I think it was uh, interview basically predicts or says I, I see interest rates going to 10% floating rates yeah, yeah floating rates fixed fixed rates at a, with a 7 in front floating rates with a 10 um, yeah he said that he doesn't he, he's not jealous of the Reserve Bank's job at all he said it, f- it is like trying to land a jumbo jet on a postage stamp mm. <laughs> So, yeah, it's a it's an interesting one, eh? I just think, um, yeah, they can drop them quickly, though, and they will if they have to. Um, you know, like we've talked about previously, all the banks have their yield curve inverted, so the one year's the most expensive right now, and the five year's the cheapest, so they're saying, that's like them saying kind of, that like, yeah, we think they're going to go down yeah. at some point. We just don't know when. So, yeah, it's interesting out there, man. Um, people don't seem to give a walk though because we're doing some m- numbers in the mortgage game <laughs> yeah you said you've been flat stick in March yeah. Uh, February yeah yeah. it might be because I've been teaching people about the one to five year rates and how it's sort of the flip yeah um, maybe some of the fear like people like have come to terms with the market that they're in and they're just like well it's probably ain't going to change I just need to step in yeah. and make it work yeah yeah I mean they're still a shit ton cheaper than even if they go down more right now they're a shit ton cheaper than November 2021. <laughs> mm. you know, yeah. 26% in Auckland or something. Yeah. So, man, think about that. Eh? A million dollar house down at 750. It's nuts. I saw a house the other day sold for 2.3. A couple of years ago, sold for 1.3 the other day. It was uh, some property guru had it up. I don't know. It must have been something wrong with the thing. Mm. But because that's a fucking substantial decrease, a million bucks wiped off the oh, old. Oh, man, that makes me so sad. <laughs> I'd just be gutted if I lost a million oh, bucks. Oh, mate, 100%. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was never worth 2.3 in the first place, maybe. But yeah, yeah, that's no. right. Gee, <laughs> um, try buying Bitcoin. Sorry, anyway, so a few things, mate, because I know we're, we're going to crank, crank this to the hour by the looks, but um, one thing, a positive for me. Mm-hmm. This is such a good time to learn. It, there's so much shit, and I'm talking to our clients, business owners about this at the moment. I'm like, you know what? This is going to suck for you to hear, but 2022 was actually pretty easy. In 2021, same thing. I know we said it was really hard. It was like fucking lockdowns. And mm. like, how dare you tell me that? But now we're into a time where you've actually be, got to be really good at what you're doing. You have to understand this shit. And you look at Ryman Health, for instance, where they're having to raise a billion dollars. And, and we get to sit on the outside and, no, and spend no money and learn about all this shit. Whereas dudes like me went to uni and people that will still do this path They'll go to uni and they'll spend 40 rack, 60 rack, getting an economics degree, getting an accounting degree, getting a business degree. At the moment, we literally get to sit and watch and learn from the sidelines 
shit that people pay fucking tens of thousands of dollars to go and learn out of a textbook. Yeah. Oh, what happens when interest rates start going up? Oh, well, you know what? We haven't had that for a long time. So, yeah. you know, let's here's the theory of what happens. Yeah. Well, now we actually get to watch it and yeah. see it. <laughs> and it's free, yeah. you know, but it, it'll cost you your time. You might be hurting at the moment and feeling like, wow, man, this is just a brutal time to go through and there's no positives, but this knowledge could be knowledge that you use later on in your life. I always think that, man. I'm always like, if if this happens once, there's a good chance that something like this will happen again in my life and next time I'll have all the data. Yeah. Like, I just, you, you if you have a one inflationary period in your life, like I've talked to older guys and they're like oh we had really high inflation in the 80s and you know I did this this and this and I'm like oh yeah interesting but you can't really get it until you've had it hit you yourself and I just I just know that we'll have another one again at some point I I saw I was reading a book this weekend I can't remember the number of but it was uh, there was a chapter about uh, Warren Buffett and in there it was explaining how you know, he's been through nine recessions or something I thought oh wow (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's such good knowledge to have eh yeah so Keep an eye on what's happening in the the business world and just in the economy in general and take an interest in this stuff. And, and you don't know, this could be some knowledge that you gain through this time that really sets you up mm. uh, to look after yourself and even just understand the way you react and fear and learn more about yourself and your emotions through this stuff. Yeah, it's all, it's all information for you to take in. I yep. love trying to be like... Uh, think like, hmm, why do I feel nervous about this or something, or why do I feel like excited and being like, hmm, I'm I'm not on the on the line of balance right now. Like I'm yep. either above it or below it in terms of excitement or anxiety about the economy or mm. you know how work's going. Like why is that? Like yeah, and try yeah. and think like I didn't do this. I'm just doing my day job. So what's going on here? And then try and act like act accordingly. Record that data in your brain and know for next time. You know. Yep. So yeah, I think it's. Very, very valuable time for anyone if, you know, if you want to, if you want it to be. Also, if you can do well during this time, you're going to fucking rip when it gets good. Yeah. So you got something good, so keep doing it. <laughs> yeah. Um, secondly, mate, I saw someone say, classic New Zealand business owners, um, when an economy's going good, government, stay away from me far away from me as possible. I don't want anything to do with you. Uh, You spend my tax money in a bad way, et cetera, et cetera. I've bought my jet ski. I've got a boat. I've got a batch. I'm fucking flying over here. (laughs) Economy, tanks, uh, business gets tough. Uh, Punch right hook from nowhere. Unexpected. Wasn't on the business plan. Mm. Government, uh, oh yeah, please help me. Yeah, we, we we deserve a wage subsidy. Yes, we want some form of support. Yes, uh, interest-free lending for three years, whatever you can give me, I'll be taking. But also, business owner, why should I sell my jet ski? I shouldn't have to sell my batch. Mm. Yeah, I did have record profits in 2021, but what the fuck's that got to do with you? Mm. Yeah, I did buy a batch with those. No, I shouldn't have to I shouldn't have to sell that. Uh, person who's not in business, sorry, aren't you in the game of risk? You're playing a game of risk-reward, and at the moment, your risk is high, and you didn't minimize... Um, mitigate the downside, I don't care. Sell mm. your batch, sell your jet ski, sell your boat, tip it back into your business, get all that shit later. I'm with that person. Mm. Fuck the business owner something <laughs> like that. Yeah. yeah so you're in you're in you've chosen <laughs> a life of risk and you, reward. You're playing Monopoly for real. Yeah. Like you don't get to, to choose sometimes. Like if you have to make cutthroat decisions and sell up your assets at a time that doesn't suit you, too fucking bad. Yeah. You're you're in the game. That was your choice. You don't have the right to go to the government and ask for money. It's a very, very interesting time, right? Because these sorts of things, because, you know, when when there's a lot of money available, everyone's pretty sweet because usually everyone's getting theirs. But when it starts to decrease, you start to see a lot more negativity. And, and I've been very exposed to this through my hobby of horse racing because it's an industry declining, struggling, and I watch the desperation and the shit that goes on, because there's not an abundance of cash, it's usually people fighting for the last dollar. Mm. So that's a really good, it's been a really good teaching ground for me in there of why people act the way that they'll act, and some of the things, and the self-interest that goes on, and the non-progress and whatnot. Mm. And we're going to see more of that 
at an entire economy level where people are divided and they think, no, you know, we should pay the teachers more. Well, sorry, we can't afford to. We should be putting that money into Napier. Why do they get a 10 grand pay rise? They haven't done anything extra for it. And there will just be all these different types of things. But again, we want to pull ourselves out of that and just go, what can I do to make my surroundings a bit better so that I can have a bit more and that could be a bit more mental strength, physical strength, a bit more gratitude, a bit more finance, a bit more freedom and then go, what can I do with the excess that I don't need? Could I volunteer into the Hawks Bay for instance? Could I donate some money because I'm in a position where I can? Uh, Could I help educate someone? Could I cook a meal extra each week and give it to a person that doesn't have one like you got to tidy your own shit and look after look after your own stuff first, and then that usually gives you an abundance to to choose how much of that you carve off to be able to look after people that are close to you or your community. And that giving comes in so many different forms. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say I always like to say that like giving isn't necessarily giving dollars because yeah. it's a very wide thing. Everyone has a different skill or piece of knowledge or value that they can pass on to people. Um, and yeah, it's good to use those if you can. Well, mate, that was a bit of a grim pod, eh? Oh, I don't know. Like, it's just—it's just, it's just a. <laughs> I just, don't like doing grim pods. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the reality of it. But I kind—I don't feel bad doing these pods because this none of this shit ever shocks me when it comes up. It's like, all right, this is going to be exciting to see how <laughs> how right we were or or what the next spanner in the works is. But I it, should say that even with these higher for longer sort of OCR increases, they're gonna they're gonna break something we've talked about this yeah. before something will break and they will come down mm. i can promise you at some point like the only other option is hyperinflation so yeah yeah it's uh, who knows we got a we've got a i think there's going to be a deflationary period at some point and it will come all at once and they'll drop the rates to re-stimulate also all the graphs have this beautiful bell curve of oh. the OCR and the CPI inflation rate. House prices. Yeah, and yeah. if you look back through history at inflation and federal funds rates or OCR rates, they don't come down in a straight line. They don't come down in a smooth line. Mm. It takes a couple of goes at it. It will come down to to four and then back up to six and then five and seven and then three and, you know, so yeah. just be prepared for some... Like if they drop, there might still be some volatility in behind it. Yeah. In terms of rates and inflation, and just just stay alert because, mm. like I've looked at this, I'm not going to be worried when it happens. I'm I'm like oh, I'm expecting it to. There'll there'll be calls for in the share market, for example, like a new bull market starting because inflation's under control. Yeah. And then three to six months later, it'll be like, oh fuck, inflation's Bang. back up. It's going to crash again. And I'm like, I already feel like I know that some yep. version of that's going to happen because I did some work and research on. Inflation doesn't come down perfectly like seven, six, five, four, three, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, just be aware that that's probably impossible to come down perfectly because they, if they could, they would have already done that. <laughs> there's more shit to come, right? Like, there's more surprises to come. And surprises, I, yeah. I learned something cool this week or I was rereading about it and it was basically like, you know, we, we often over-index how much we take from our memories when really our memories aren't very good. So as an example, if I said to you, what did you have for dinner last Wednesday? You have no fucking clue. I don't know about last night, mate. So we think, though, that our memories are really, really good. And so we'll often look into the past and we'll go, oh, I've got a real good feeling for what's going to happen in the future. Mm. But the past is often not Mm. a really good... Like You you will end up over-relying on it. And so you will naturally think, well... You know, I've heard that interest rates go up, but then they then they slowly come back down. So, like, I will buy my house, and I should be I should be all good. I don't need to get a border. Like, why should I have to do that? Mm. But you'll never anticipate that the roof suddenly has a leak, or mm. we have a flood, and your your sliding door broken. You've got to pay for that, or whatever, right? Or interest rates, uh, insurance is going to go up, or whatever. So, your future normally won't be predicted by your past. Your future will be created by yourself. Mm-hmm. So you have to decide what you want your future to look like, and you have to go and do the things to in order for you in order for you to be able to achieve that. And this is what this entire fucking podcast all the time <laughs> is about. Don't, don't just let life happen to you. Go out there and get the things that you want in your life, and you are the person 
that is going to have to make it happen. Whether you have to accept that tax rates are going to 50% if you're a high income earner, yep. uh, or whether you have to accept, shit, I bought a house in this year, my values come back, I'm now into negative equity, I'm still being able to pay my mortgage, but my interest rates could get higher, I understand insurance is going to increase, how am I going to solve this? Yep. If you keep looking for other people to fix it, man, you just your life just carries on down that path of mm. always hoping that other people are going to solve your shit and you yourself will never actually find your own internal power of what you're capable of fixing yourself. Shit, man. Amazing. That's We can finish on that because I've got to go to work and do a meeting so I can afford a Lamborghini. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Before we go, I saw a video this morning, uh, two Lamborghinis in Perth. I don't know if you've seen this. Uh, nah. Someone trying to park in Australia, I think. Yeah, sorry, Perth. Um, trying to park at a hotel, someone's Lambo, and the hotelier or whatever they're called. like the valet. Bang, yeah, the valet bangs it into another Lambo. I oh. thought of you and thought, fuck, man, that's what's going to happen to Mikey. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mate. Yeah, sorry, good. you shouldn't laugh, but, but they weren't. The hurricane one, that's what you want, eh? Is that right? I want all the Lambos. Oh, okay. So, yeah, okay, yeah. let's get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Man, you bloody Lambo, loving bastard. <laughs> right, Nelly, show us your grills. Be good out there, people. Look after yourselves. Keep learning. Keep growing. And we'll see you on the next episode and the next time we revisit the OCR. Rob the jury's going to